We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in to the LakersNation.com postgame show slash podcast. I'm Trevor Lane. You can find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane over on Instagram at Trevor Lane NBA. The Lakers fall to the Mavericks in double overtime, 119 to 115. Um, it wasn't always a pretty game. There were moments where the Lakers could have won, in fact, up three at the end of uh, regulation with what seconds to play and Luka Doncic, Doncic hits a three. Uh, to tie the game up, and then, well, then we know what happened. In fact, I don't think I can even wait. Let's just do this now. Master Lock of the Night. I've seen a lot of games over a lot of years of watching the NBA. I've seen a lot of games where we've said the referees did not do a good job. I've seen games where the refs have done a fine job. This was a game where you saw the referees change the outcome of the game and take a win away from the Lakers. And you know what I'm talking about. We can argue, hey, LeBron didn't have a good game. You could say, well, you know what? The Lakers should have fouled when they were up three instead of letting Luka shoot a three. And those are fair arguments. The Lakers should have doubled Luka, blitzed him, get the ball out of his hands. Again, another fair argument. Yes, that, that should have happened. Um, but Troy Brown shoots a three at the buzzer. Game on the line. Tim Hardaway not only lands in his landing space, but smacks him across the arm. The shot falls well short, which usually happens when you know, you're fouled on the shot. The referee standing right there looking at the play. Stayed silent. No whistle. Troy Brown should have been shooting three free throws. All he would need to do to, is make one, and the game would be over. The Lakers would have a win right now, one that they very badly needed. Instead, the referee chose not to do his job. Instead, the referee decided that he didn't want to make the obvious call and give the Lakers the three free throws that they deserved on that play. Now, to make no mistake, the referees were bad all game. There were moments where the Mavs could have been upset with the officiating as well. But that was the most critical play of the game. Everything on the line, everybody 
giving it their best. And the official went MIA on the biggest moment of the game. And you can say all three officials missed that. It was clear as day. You can see it from every single replay. You can see it live. One of the more obvious fouls that we've seen in the NBA this year. And then this one was not quite as obvious, but somewhat similar situation. The end of the first overtime period. LeBron drives. He's fouled by Christian Wood. Clearly a foul. Smacked across the arm. Somehow, even the the play-by-play announcers on TNT, which, by the way, TNT did... They did some good things, but in general, their their replays were not ideal. But clearly a foul. Once again, no whistle. Nothing. LeBron can't get free throws without a chance to win the game. No. No call. Again, we go to double OT. By that time, the Lakers are gassed. You can say, again, LeBron, why are you continuing to cast threes up when you haven't made any all game? Hasn't come close to hitting them. It's not looked like he had his legs under him. Again, fair. Lakers ultimately fall. But again, two calls to win the game where players were fouled and the whistles stayed silent. My hope is that the Lakers will not stay silent. After tonight's game, this is a situation where if you're Jeannie Buss, Rob Palenka, if you're ever whoever the decision maker needs to be on this, you let them know, we'll cover your your fines. This is a situation where the Lakers in their post game need to be very, very clear about what happened in this game. And they don't need to pull any punches. I know calling out officials typically leads to a fine, but in this case, it's very, very warranted because they changed the outcome of this game of a game that was very important for the Lakers to potentially pick up a win in. They're heading into a very difficult stretch of their season They need to stack up as many wins as they can. So to lose one in this fashion, and don't get me wrong, we've got plenty to talk about when it comes to LeBron's play, Darvin Ham's decisions, all all the things. Plenty of other stuff to get into. But in the plays that mattered most, the officials did not do their jobs, and they are very deserving of the master lock in this one. Um, Bean. Our first comment of the night said, I won't blame the team this time. Refs sold big. Again, I'm not taking the blame off of the Lakers. The Lakers could have done things to just get the win in regulation. They could have been, you know, not down like what, 14 at the end of the first quarter and then have to battle their way all the way back. They missed a ton of free throws. Look, there were a lot of self-inflicted wounds in this game beyond just what the officials did. Lakers 17 of 27 at the free throw line. Make a couple more. free. Don't shoot 63% from the free throw line. And you can win this in regulation. 39% from the field. LeBron was 0-7 from three. Uh, LeBron had 16 boards, nine assists, but it was a strangely kind of lethargic LeBron performance, but played 47 minutes. That's the other thing. You had to play LeBron 47 minutes in this game, and you didn't get the win. How painful is that? How much does that hurt? Because you put all of these minutes on LeBron for nothing. You didn't get anything out of it because you didn't get the win. That that hurts the Lakers as well. Uh, Russell Westbrook, 28 points, seven boards, five assists, two steals, hit a couple of clutch free throws to give the Lakers the three-point lead. Luka ultimately came back and hit a three going the other way. But big on Russ, pressure time, hits both free throws, even after the Mavs, challenged and everything to get the free throws off of Dennis Schroeder and put them onto Russell Westbrook. Russ said, fine. Watch me hit them both. And he did. 
I like that. Made a few head-scratching fouls, including one flagrant uh, in overtime. Wasn't sure what Russ was going for there, but still, overall, pretty good performance from Russ. Wenyan Gabriel was also tremendous in this game. 14 points, seven boards, two steals, two blocks. His versatility and switchiness on defense were incredibly important. Uh, Cliff said, as a LeBron fan, he ruined the game. LeBron just looked like he was out of gas. Um, He didn't look like he had a whole lot of lift, and he was struggling in this one. This was, you know, LeBron, I don't know if the ankle was maybe an issue or what, you know, what LeBron's going to say post-game here, but he he seemed to be struggling. This was not a good LeBron performance. Again, 0 of 7 from 3. You make one of those, and the game's, the game's over, but he could not hit threes in this game. Uh, he was a major factor on the boards when the Lakers were going smaller with Wendy on the floor. LeBron really put in the effort on the glass to go out there and and corral rebounds, and he certainly did against 16 rebounds. That was absolutely incredible. But otherwise, it was a strangely low-energy LeBron game. He just didn't look like he had that burst in this one, and the three-point shooting was certainly not there. Uh, Mario said, Master Lock, the Lakers free throws, the refs missing the foul at the end of the fourth, and Darvinham not trying to foul out Luka and Bullock. That's another thing that I didn't talk about yet, is the Lakers, they had five fouls on Luka for a while, for a while to finish out what, I mean, I think it was at the end of regulation, and there were multiple possessions where LeBron is one-on-one with Luka, where Russ is one-on-one with Luka, and they either passed away or settled for jumpers, did not attack. I was losing my mind. I know a lot of Lakers fans were as well, saying, attack, go. At at worst, he's going to do the Olay defense because he doesn't want to pick up a foul, and you're going to get a layup out of it. At best, he's going to try to defend you, and he's going to foul out of the game. I don't know if the Lakers just didn't recognize that he had five fouls or what was going on, but it was maddening that they did not take the opportunity to either get Luca out of the game or take advantage of the fact that he's he can't defend you. Otherwise, he's gone. That was unbelievable that the Lakers didn't attack Luca the way that they needed to there when he had five fouls on him. Um, Ace of Hearts, how does Luca survive 10 minutes without getting his sixth foul? Okay. Yes. I'm tired of the Lakers being the only team that doesn't exploit that. Also, why no double or foul at the end of regulation and the first OT? Yeah, that's that's it. They left Schroeder matched up with Luca twice. It it didn't make sense when they had been blitzing him all game. I don't know if the hope was that the Mavs were drawing up something to try to exploit the, the blitz, and so then they weren't going to do it. But ultimately, Luca's not the guy that you want shooting that shot. You want to make any, somebody else shoot it. Anybody else take that shot. And the Lakers did not do that. They didn't double Luca. They didn't make them swing the ball around. I mean, who knows? Maybe they they try to swing the ball a couple of times and it ends up into a turnover. Instead, you wound up Luca letting Luca just go one on one and shoot the three. And to his credit, he knocked it down. He's incredible, but that was poor decision making by the Lakers coaching staff on that one. When did Luca pick up his? I don't recall exactly when the fifth foul got picked up. I don't recall where in the game that 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 was. I would have to go back and look. Uh, Renee said, "Why is LeBron the one taking all the late game threes rather than have Westbrook taking them?" That's that's something, right? when we're calling for Westbrook to take the three over LeBron. But in this case, I actually think it's warranted. LeBron just didn't have the legs. You could see it on his on his shots. Um, didn't have a chance to go. Russ, meanwhile, was three of six from three. Strange as it may sound, in this, in this case, Russ shooting a three for the Lakers probably would have been the better option. Not necessarily the case overall, 
But in tonight, uh, tonight's game, this was, that's true. You know, LeBron was, just didn't seem to have the legs under him. And again, 38 years old, and you played him 47 minutes. Man, that, that is rough. Chris B, refs are ruining the NBA. Brown got fouled. We have to be the worst OT team in history. Just toss up threes till we lose. The losses bug me more than last year. Yeah, it's frustrating when you see them start to settle for threes and those threes aren't going in and you just want to say stop shooting. Now, again, at some point your legs give out. It's hard to drive when you don't have your legs under you. So those things are certainly factors. But yeah, it, it's tough. It, it's tough seeing a loss like that. Again, knowing how important this game was and the way this season has gone, you think about this makes you think back to Indiana, Boston, Portland, right? Philly, on and on and on and on. I mean, there's what? That's four. This is five now games, right? Five. There's probably another one that I'm not listing. There's five or six games that the Lakers very possibly very easily could have closed out and walked away with the win. Think about what that does to their record. Think about what that does to their standing and how teams see the Lakers right now, how the Lakers are perceived around the NBA. If they closed out these games that they could have and they didn't always winning. LeBron's failed challenge could have saved that for the final play. Yeah, that was a tough one. LeBron wanted the challenge there and it turned out he was right. He didn't foul Christian Wood on that play, but it was one of those successful, but really unsuccessful challenges because it was successful, but the foul just got moved to somebody else. Uh, Thomas Bryant committed a foul on the play. So it was one where had the Lakers not challenged that they could have had a challenge for the end of the game. There really probably should be some kind of a rule where, on a buzzer beater or something, there, there can be an automatic challenge or something where that can get reviewed because, I mean, it was clear as day. I'm sure the referees, I would imagine, if they don't feel, I would hope the referees feel bad after this game. If they don't, that's a problem because it was clear as day. that they, I mean, that the, the game was effectively over if Troy Brown could make one free throw and the referees robbed him of that opportunity. Uh, but agreed, if they hadn't done that, they they could have, Challenged that last play. And again, the Lakers probably have a win at this point. Mama mentality. will say one thing and one thing only should have sent the Mavs to the free throw line and regulation. It can be tricky though, especially if the players facing the basket because they can try to go up with it. Now, if it's me, I would have told them, look, if there's a dribble foul on the dribble, right? Especially if it's Luca, just commit the foul. The Lakers though, didn't foul up three against the heat either. And they let Jimmy Butler get off a three. He missed it. They lived with it. I hope that in that moment, they would have went, ooh, we almost went to OT. Maybe we should foul next time. Um, but they didn't. And they didn't foul when they were up three against Luka. And they needed to. They needed to commit the foul and just play the free throw game because why not at that point? You don't want to let them get off that three. And they did. Andrew said games like this really suck because even though you feel as if with AD Reeves and Lonnie Walker, this game would be another a win. The record just shows another loss. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, it's unfortunately you can look at these games and you say, well, that really should have been a win, but ultimately it's not. And it's the record that's going to determine whether or not you get into the playoffs and where this team goes and what they do on the trade front and, and all of that. All of that's what's on the line here. And so unfortunately, you look back at all these games that they should have picked up the wins on and didn't. I mean, that you can your season can slip away on games like these. Kyle Hampton, if we're gonna lose, 
lose like that. Oh, well, played hard, proud of the guys next game. Yeah, I mean, look, the Lakers, the Lakers played hard. Unfortunately, their first quarter was terrible, and that really put them in, in a difficult position. But nonetheless, that was, yeah, that was an absolutely brutal way to lose a game. All right. Let me see. I'm trying to see if there's anything going on on the uh, coming out of the post game. Don't see anything just yet. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Curious to see what the Lakers have to say. Daniel said, why was an off night Dennis in the game and not Max? It's because Dennis, his closeouts were so crisp. He was really doing a good job closing out defensively. And that was when at the end of the fourth quarter, the Lakers really picked it up. I think you could make it. I'm not saying it was clearly the right choice. I think you can make an argument that Max Christie should have been in there, but you're also asking a rookie, a 19 year old to play in these major moments that I can understand why you'd have a little bit of hesitation to do that. Russ and LeBron pick and rolls need to be uh, in the playbook and the clutch moving forward. They used them a little bit, but maybe not as much as they should. Um, ultimately, I understand the calls for Max Christie to be in the game to help defend Luca, but I also saw a number of plays where Max Christie didn't foul and got whistled anyway. He was kind of getting the the rookie whistle, and maybe that was a bit of a concern. But I, I thought Schroeder did a good job on his closeouts, and so that may have mattered. But on that last possession, yeah, you would have rather had Christie be the one to switch on to Luka to at least provide a little bit more size, a little bit more physicality. Jason said, I'm hurt. This should have been a win for us, which was desperately needed. Absolutely. Look, this is it's games like this that at the end of the season, when the Lakers are a win or two short, you're looking back on and saying, that was it. That was the game. You can't just look at it and say, well, it's still January. They got plenty of time. Every game matters. Um, these all matter. And they can certainly come back to haunt you. Bean, except LeBron, I can blame him a little. He kept chucking up threes without making any of them. Either drive or give the shooter or even Russ for a three. Yeah, I mean, Schroeder had some opportunities to score at the end. He was missed some jumpers and things like that. But yeah, I, I thought LeBron, I think LeBron sometimes can suffer from the thing that we see a lot of great players suffer from where they always believe, and this is, can be a good thing. Um, they can be, it can be a great thing, but they always believe their next shot's going in. Right. And so LeBron sometimes isn't, 
doesn't sense when he doesn't quite, even if we can see it when he doesn't quite have it uh, on the night. And so he'll keep taking that shot. And again, I can't be too upset with him for that mentality because it's part of what's made him great. So here's what we've got. Dave McMenamin said as Troy from the locker room, as Troy Brown Jr. was asked by reporters about the no call by the refs on his three at the end of regulation, LeBron James could hear the question and try and chimed in from the corner of the room. That's a effing foul. He's absolutely right. It was indeed. Send by NFT up three, nine seconds left. Other team has Luca. Why are you not fouling and putting them at the line? Side note, can Jesse become the GM, please? Yeah, look, 100% you should be fouling there. I'm I'm for it. I was on our, our live stream on playback of the game. I was saying they needed to foul there. Don't let them get up a three. And that, that again, I worried that going back to the heat game, the Lakers showed that was not the strategy that they would employ. They didn't do it here and it burned them. Uh, can Jesse become, did, before I get to that, the danger of fouling up three is that if it's a smart player like Luca, if they see the foul coming, he's going to go up. And so it's three free throws instead of two free throws. Um, the other danger is what if you foul them and they, and they make the shot, then you're, then you're in big trouble. So there is some danger here to, to doing that. But in general, you're smart about it. I think that would have been the right strategy. Can Jesse become the GM? I don't, He's sharp. He's sharp. He gets it. He understands roster building and all that kind of stuff. I can tell you guys that, but um, yeah, I don't know if at some point he will or, or not, but could happen. Who knows? Down the line. Uh, part of the side, tired of heartbreakers, but can't blame him in this one. The refs, yeah, the refs were awful. Bruce Chang, this is a result of overusing a 38-year-old LeBron. He can't do it by himself. Team just ran out of gas at the end. Please give the man some help. Why do we have to keep saying this? Because the, I mean, the trade deadline is coming up. It, it can't come fast enough. The Lakers have been desperate for the trade deadline to get here, so teams would start getting realistic about, about their trades. For, I mean, they've been desperate for a month now for that to happen. And we're still, we're in this waiting, this holding pattern, because... February 9th is the trade deadline, but that we've been saying it by the time teams start to get real and not ask for the moon for everything. That could be it, right? You could already have dug yourself too much of a hole. Now, again, the Lakers have an opportunity to make up ground in the Western conference. It's still compact, but losses like this don't help you. So I, I think it may take the approaching trade deadline ultimately to, for teams to start to get realistic about their offers, or maybe they don't. And we just get a dud of a deadline because teams are asking for the moon right now for everything. Um, it's tough to make a deal in, in that environment. Nonetheless, the Lakers have got to figure out a way to get something done here. Like you said, you don't want to see LeBron at 38 trying to have to do everything and it out of gas and all of that and just not be able to get the win. You need the pieces that can get you the win. And not to say that anybody necessarily was, was so terrible in this one. Um, Tommy said refs hundred percent got paid for this. Oh yeah. They get, they get paid for their job and everything. Oh, you mean an, an extra amount? Gia Mercado. We lost this game because of missed free throws. Yeah, the, I mean, my goodness, the free throws were brutal and the inability to make threes. We also blew a, a ton of layups. We don't need bigs, Boogie or Myers. We need wings that can shoot. Problem is everybody's looking for that. Everybody's looking for wings that can shoot right now in the NBA. Yeah, the Lakers shoot 24% from three, 39% from the field, and 63% from the free throw line. The Lakers just couldn't get out of their own way by making a few shots. You have just an average shooting night. 
and you win this game. Just an average one. Coach Ham has these guys playing with so much heart, but with that being said, he's got to be better. Luca, no foul, no subs in double overtime. That's another thing that I noticed as well. I was wondering, seeing how out of gas the guys were at the end of the first overtime, if they needed a sub. If they needed, even if it's just a couple of players, just to get some fresh legs onto the floor, I was wondering if the Lakers needed to do that. Needed to get some subs in there, but Darvin didn't. He stuck with those guys. Uh, not playing Max, TB. I'm talking about Thomas Bryant. I actually wasn't upset about Thomas Bryant not getting minutes late because the Mavs play this five-out offense and they've got five guys on the floor that can shoot threes pretty much the whole time, unless Dwight Powell's in there. And Wenyon was doing a phenomenal job of covering out at the three-point line. Just fantastic. I mean, he was the one of the few bigs or bigger players that could actually switch onto Luka and recover back to his man. In fact, if you saw the Mavs towards the end there, they stopped setting the screen with Wenyon's man and instead started going after LeBron and started setting the screen with his man and making LeBron, who was out of gas, try to defend Luka. So that's why you didn't see Thomas Bryant in the game. It's because Wenyon was so great. In fact, um, if I was going to do, well... I guess. Let, let's go ahead and do this. Star in your role. The the star in your role award, it, it goes to Wenyon in this game. You know, there were other guys who had better stat lines, right, than, than Wenyon Gabriel did. Um, well, I mean, Thomas Bryant, 11 and 9, but Wenyon, 14 and 7, but two steals, two blocks, and if you look at the way he impacted the game on the defensive end, he was tremendous. Um, I, I was not, Thomas Bryant has been great for the Lakers. This matchup specifically called for Wenyan Gabriel and he was up to the challenge. I thought he was fantastic. Thought he was fantastic in this game. This is an interesting comment too. Leroy says Reeves could have made life easier tonight. Yes, 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 yes. It was so obvious in this game that the Lakers were missing Austin Reeves in particular, just somebody else that can handle the basketball. Um, they were missing somebody else that could um, create. They were missing Lonnie Walker as well. I mean, this game was screaming for what Austin Reeves could bring. Uh, Kevin said, do you trade Westbrook? He's played well since January. The problem is, the problem is I don't think you trade Westbrook because everybody else is asking for the world just for moving Russell Westbrook off the roster. And I've talked about this a bit, but Russ has been playing well for the Lakers, but teams around the NBA are giving them no credit for that, giving him no credit for that. They're continuing to demand a first-round pick from the Lakers just for getting Russ off of their roster. So if that's the, point, the case and Russ is playing well, why pay anything to move him? if he's doing things that are helping you. So I think there's no reason to do that. Uh, Joe Smith, why not double Luca? Those two threes that tied the game again. Absolutely. Absolutely. Should have doubled Luca on those plays. Let me see what else we've got here. Plenty to still get into from this one.
And I don't think you can over, like I'm seeing a lot of people in the chat that are, you know, just, oh, playoffs are over and all that. Look, it's one game. There's still plenty of time for the Lakers to make a run, right? The West is still extremely compact. It's far from over, but you've got to win some games. You've got to find ways, especially wins like there games like this where you wind up losing. They hurt, no question. But, but I don't think you can approach this as sky is falling and that's it and and whole season's over. No, we're at the halfway point. Still a lot of basketball left to be played. Losses like this can definitely come back to hurt you, though, particularly when you're the Lakers and you started the season off so poorly, just two and ten your first twelve games. You really you your margin for error is very very slim. Uh, Leo said, "Trev, with the current production he's giving us in comparison to what we need, surely none in two seconds for Reddish makes sense. Swaps us a young guard for young young wing, both with upside. Yeah, I think the Lakers would just like to do something where they can um, trade none and like one second rather than both. Because let's face it, the Lakers, their scouting department has done a tremendous job." finding talent in the second round, finding talent in um, even late in the first round, sometimes undrafted in the case of Austin Reeves. And if you're doing that, then there's not necessarily a really incentive to move those second round picks, right? You've got to value them maybe a little bit more than most teams would because you found success with those second rounders. So I think you have to be careful with it. So I understand, but in this environment too, where it feels like everybody, is saying, well, we want a first for this guy. That real you know, random role player X. Oh, that's a first round pick for that player. That's what every team is saying right now. In that environment, to hear somebody say young wing and we just want a couple of seconds, your knee-jerk reaction is, well, just do it then, right? There's also some opportunity cost there where if you're the Lakers and you are looking at making some kind of bigger move, you might need Kendrick Nunn's salary. You might need those second round picks in order to make that move as well. So not only do you have to value them probably more because your scouting department's done such a great job finding talent there, but you also have to consider the opportunity cost. Because if you get Cam Reddish, do you say the box is checked? We're good on the wings now. I don't think so. He's not a known quantity. Now, if the Lakers already had a couple of wings in place where you said, hey, we're good here, then yeah. I mean, I think he's worth the gamble. And if you're going to gamble on something, it should be a wing with some upside. So I don't think the price is too crazy, but the Lakers situation might mean that you want to try to find some way to bargain that down, make it a protected second or, or something like that. Um, one second and a protected second or something like that, if you can get that done. Menace said, we can't let LeBron guard bigs and be by the paint in these closing situations. He needs to guard Luca. Also a bad three-point shot for him near the end. You know, LeBron, when you look at this, LeBron guarding Luka, that's what the Mavs were trying to do. Towards the end of the game, they saw LeBron was out of gas and they were trying to get LeBron on Luka. So I think that's something that's unfortunate. You know, that that LeBron had to play so many minutes that he's out of gas at the end of the point where they're actually switch hunting him. Because otherwise, yeah, you would say, LeBron, go ahead and guard Luka and go. But he was so out of gas, I don't think that was an option for the Lakers. And in fact, it was it was strategy by the Mavs to try to get um, LeBron onto Luka. That's what they were going for. Darius, why didn't they exploit Luka with five fouls? Hey, preaching to the choir. Absolutely. They needed to. They needed to try to exploit Luka with the five fouls. So, uh, this one says, LeBron is never clutch in games. You need it. 
why I've never had 100% confidence in him. I can't go to closed games. Uh, and I'm nervous that you'll sell all the time. You know what? LeBron didn't have a good game in this one. We've also seen LeBron make some absolutely incredible plays. There, there's this perception. I know if you look in the, in the, the analytics and stuff, LeBron in crunch time has been tremendous. But I don't. he doesn't have that like signature game winner that you think of, right? Especially not with the Lakers. So that is a issue, right? And I, I was saying the same thing during our, our live stream on playback. I was saying, whatever you do, don't do the LeBron step back three thing, right? We've seen that more often than not it, to close out games. LeBron shoots the step back three. This game, LeBron passes it, makes the right pass to Troy Brown. He gets fouled. That should have been the ball game. And we should be praising LeBron for making the correct play, the right read, and the Lakers winning the game because of it. And unfortunately, we don't get to because of the officiating. Speaking of which, Jerry C said, F the refs. Lakers should have won this game. Great game for the Lakers and outstanding defense. Refs should be fine for this game. They Look, and the Mavs have some things to complain about too. Make no mistake. But, but, man, that, that play, that was the big play. That was the play that you can't blow it on. And the referees did. They they completely blew it and missed the call. And then they did it again at the end of, of overtime. Well, that one I got too. Frustrating. Frustrating, certainly. Frustrating for the Lakers. Frustrating for Lakers fans, for Lakers Nation. This is not, not what you want to see. Imagine if we had AD for this game. The refs robbed us of such a hard-fought comeback too. We'll be back. Good thing the Blazers lost. Yeah, like it helps, but again, you've got to take advantage of opportunities to move up, and the Lakers, you know, we're just not able to do that. Again, the Mavs gave the Lakers opportunities too to get back in this game. Again, the free-throw shooting, the three-point shooting, the Lakers just missed a lot of open shots in this game, and that's, you know, that, that could have easily changed the outcome, and then we're not even talking about the referees' calls. Oh, here we go. Michael Jordan would have never let the game go into overtime, let alone double overtime. His age is no excuse, says a Michael Jordan fan. Uh, Michael Jordan at 38 was not <laughs> was not doing what LeBron did in, in this game. Michael Jordan at 38. Look, Michael Jordan's amazing. Don't get me wrong. But LeBron's doing incredible things at an age when we just don't see players doing this kind of stuff. So I get for some, I don't know why. Like, I guess because LeBron's getting in the greatest of all time conversation and all that, but people... Jordan fans get particularly upset with, with LeBron and want to compare him or whatever. I don't know. I, I personally don't care that much about the LeBron versus Jordan argument or anything like that because there's there's no way that you can definitively say, oh, this player's better than that. But they're both incredible talents. We've been blessed with some amazing talents around the NBA and arguing which one is better or whatever and trying to compare arrows and all that kind of – it just it feels like a waste of time to me. Um, Darvin Ham got out coached like Jason Kidd did a few things that I thought were good. Uh, I thought the way that they handled the double on Luca was good, but a lot of that too, is just, they get a lot of practice with that. Cause that happens to them a lot, but there were moments too, where you could see the Lakers just make poor choices down the stretch. And maybe you can put that on Darvin Ham again, not attacking Luca when he's got five fouls, they could have got him out of the game or gotten easy buckets, not doubling, uh, Luca, not committing the foul. Like there were just lots of strategic things that, Hindsight being 2020, that's that's a thing, but still, even in the moment, that should have changed. Uh, Carlos, LeBron was horrible, settles in this game, settles for jumpers. Russ played great defense, 
uh, on offense today. What a way to waste. Uh, I'm assuming he means and offense today. What a way to waste a great game from him. Yeah, it was un- unfortunate that this was a pretty good game for us overall. And, uh, you know, you wasted that. You wasted 47 minutes, put on LeBron's odometer. Like that's all that's not good. And, and LeBron was not good in this game. There's no getting around it, right? This was not a good LeBron game. He missed everything from three. Couldn't hit one. Didn't look like he had a whole lot of burst trying to get to the basket. Again, I do wonder if it was the ankle or what's going on there with him or if he's just running out of gas or or what that was. But it was not a good performance for LeBron. No getting around it. Main event, stop making excuses for LeBron. Who's making excuses for LeBron? It's mostly on him. Nine for 28 from the field, 0 for 7 from 3. Um, I I mean, that's, yeah, LeBron didn't shoot well. Like, again, there were make free throws. LeBron hits a couple of threes. You would you win this game, right? But again, I go down to what's the biggest play of the game? And the referees went MIA twice. Let's see what else we've got here. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I know we've got a few more that we need to get to. Ace of Hearts. Challenge rules are dumb. Refs shouldn't be able to change fouls to ones they didn't call initially. Yeah, that's always kind of frustrating when you wind up, when you're successful in a challenge, but you're really unsuccessful, right? You challenge a foul and you're right, but the foul just gets put onto another player. So then you don't, the end result is the same. Uh, That's unfortunate, right? Because, yes, the Lakers were correct in that LeBron didn't foul Christian Wood on that play. Thomas Bryant did, though, and so then the referees see that. And you wish, obviously, if you go back and do it again, you just don't challenge that. But And then you'd have the challenge at the end, and then the Lakers have a win on their record. Uh, going to be fun versus Philly. Refs are going to help Embiid. Philly is always one of those games that you just don't – I've said this a few times before. Don't have anything breakable near you when you watch this game. Same thing when you're watching a game where Trey Young is playing. If your team is playing against these guys, you're going to be furious over the way they're officiated. Heck, there were moments where Luka, the way he was officiated tonight, I went, oh my gosh, if LeBron could ever get a call like that, I mean, he'd be getting five or six extra free throws a game. And he can't. Um, But... Don't have anything breakable near you when the Lakers take on Philly. That's that's my advice for that game. Uh, Jarrell said, time for the front office to make a move. Now, why wait? Because I don't think the moves are there. I don't, unless, I think, this is what I think. That right now, the deals that would be available to the Lakers are deals that if they were done, Lakers fans would be very upset with them. Lakers fans would be very upset with them and people would be saying they got fleeced. And all of that. I think those are the deals that are on the table. 
Oh, boy. Oh, no. Dave McMenamin, crew chief Josh Tiven on the no call. Why was there a no call on Troy Brown's three-point attempt? Tiven was the referee. Because Hardaway Jr. gets a piece of the ball in the closeout and then makes some high-five contact, which is legal, and the play was correctly no called. So the referees not only blew the call, but doubled down and said we didn't blow the call. Oh, my goodness. Yikes. That is absolutely brutal stuff from the NBA officials at least have the integrity to admit the mistake after the fact. Instead, just ignoring it and saying, no, we didn't get it wrong. Just admit you made a mistake. Wow. That's absurd. Leroy Smith, we have to win these games, have to start finishing. My mom used to say, stop playing with your food. And the Lakers definitely played with their food tonight and cost them the game. Yeah, especially that, that slow start. The slow start to the game in the first, I thought they were a bit lethargic, and that really came back to haunt them. I mean, if you don't, if you don't put yourself in a fourteen-point hole to start the game, this whole thing looks looks much different. Uh, are we making the play in like this? I think they certainly can. They can, but you got to get guys healthy, and you've got to pick up some of these wins. And the schedule ahead is so tough that you had the opportunity to grab a win here and to not walk away with the W. That could become very painful if you lose some of these games. You got Memphis coming up. You got Sacramento. You got Philly. You've got some really tough opponents coming up that you could easily lose to. If the opportunity is to, to get a win is there, you have to grab it. And the Lakers did not do that tonight. And it could really come back to hurt them. Uh, DeAndre just tapped in. Not sure if this has been mentioned, but he rocked the baby again. Russ did, despite all that foul on uh, Troy Brown Jr. Yeah, it seems to be a bad omen. I don't know when Russ rocks the baby. Bad and again, Russ was good. Russ even hit that hit the clutch free throws. But for some reason that just it just doesn't seem to lead to good things for the Lakers. Uh, all right, Trev, what would you say about LeBron with his constant jacking up threes? I, like again, not a good game for him. Not a good game. LeBron, the worst clutch superstar this season, hasn't hit the the big crunch time plays, and that's been a problem. Now again, he got fouled on the one at the the end of overtime. That should have put him on the free throw line to win the game. But again, referees went MIA on that. But in general, yeah, look, they haven't done that. Uh, LeBron hasn't been great to close out games. Um, when will Jeannie and Rob finally admit it's time to pull the plug and get shooters? Pull the plug. I mean, they need to make a trade. But again, the problem is right now, there's so few sellers on the market that the ones that are out there are asking for everything. To the point where, I mean, fans would lose their minds if the Lakers pulled the trigger on some of the deals that are out there right now. So that's part of the problem, too, is the market is, is not good for trying to make a deal. Now, you can go back and say, well, then you should have done the Indiana move. Fair. You absolutely should have after, at the beginning of the season. Yeah. But nonetheless, right now, it's just a tough market to make a trade in. I think sometimes fans have this perception that the Lakers have like five trades just sitting there ready to be done. And all they need to do is just pull the trigger and they're just not, they're just refusing to. That's not the case. They've got trades, but trades that would not be good. So that's not what you want either. Now, ultimately what you're asking for though, is for the Lakers to find ways to negotiate 
and to find other avenues to get something done to get the team the help they need, right? Adapt and overcome. That's what the front office needs to do. It's a terrible market, but you need to adapt and overcome. You need to find a way if you are the Lakers. And agreed, they do still need to find a way, but it's not easy. It's not like it's just, oh, yep, all right, finally, we're going to go ahead and do and do a deal. This is a great deal. It's been sitting there all along, but we've just been refusing because we don't want to do a trade. No, they have to fight, figure out some way to get around the poor market, the bad deals. It's not just the poor. I mean, there's a lot. I did a whole podcast yesterday all about there's an hour and a half going over the whole trade situation. So go check that out, um, explaining exactly what the Lakers are facing right now. Bobby said, love our heart, but we can't shoot nor defend, score at the rim. How bad could a Boyan trade for none Bev 29 pick and bringing Dwight Howard back be? I mean, that could definitely help you. Are you doing the the pick unprotected? Boyan would be a nice fit with this team. There's no question. My concerns have always been his age. He'll be 34 come playoff time. And then what happens? You don't have an asset moving forward with that because he'll age out at some point. You're not going to be able to recoup value from him. He's not going to be a part of your long-term future. Those are problems, right? But good player, great shooter, be a good fit. Be a really good fit for this Lakers team if you can get him at an acceptable price. And I don't know that you can. They are the Pistons. Even if the Lakers said, okay, unprotected first to the Pistons, the Pistons might just say, well, that's fine. Um, We'll let you know sometime before February 9th if we'll take that. In the meantime, we're going to wait because everybody's looking for wings right now. And who knows? You might get somebody to do something stupid. Give up way too much. Faraz said, I really hope we get Buddy healed. They, they could still target Buddy. Granted, not great on defense, but on offense, he would open it up. He's not afraid to shoot the three, and he hits a pretty high volume. Keon Park, if other teams don't ask first on a rust trade, but players aren't great enough, still do the trade and do the experiment or keep Russ... Oh, don't ask for a first on a rust trade, but the other players aren't great enough. If the players aren't players that you think are going to help, then you don't, then you don't trade Russ. Right? Again, I've said it a, a number of times. I think Russ, over the course of the season, I've liked what we've seen from him. He's been willing to come off the bench. He's he's not been perfect. You look at his shooting percentages and all that sort of stuff, but he's done some really good things for this team. And his passing has been important. I mean, how many buckets has Wenyan Gabriel got this season? Has Thomas Bryant, hell, even AD gotten this season because of Russ's passing? It's a lot. Like, I would imagine if the Lakers just, if Russ just wasn't on the team tomorrow, Wenyan Gabriel's scoring, which are, you know isn't a major factor, but would go way down. Same thing with all the bigs. He's done a great job finding the bigs. His passing has been important to the point where I think you would have to find a way to replace it if you did move him. So if you're telling me that you're getting back stuff that doesn't move the needle much and you don't have to put in a pick, then no, just just hang on to Russ. Why get something that isn't going to help you that much anyway? Unless it's, it's hey, we're going to get back three players that are wings that can really help us out there. But again, if you're getting back guys that you don't think are going to help that much, just keep Russ. To his credit, he's been good. He's been good, uh, especially his passing. It's been really impressive. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. 
and he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Let's see, we'll do a few more before we, before we call it a night. Uh, if LeBron was LeBron tonight, we win easily. Yeah, if LeBron was at the height of his powers. And again, you know, he missed last game with the ankle thing. Maybe that was a factor. I don't know. We'll have to see what he says. Eric, I'm not too mad at this team. We win these games if AD was playing. I get that. Yes, they do win this game if AD is playing. But now it's about playoff positioning. It's about getting yourself into the playoff mix. And so you still have to find a way. Because otherwise, hey, AD comes back and well, we're out of time. You're going to run out of time on the NBA schedule to make up the ground and get yourself into the playoffs. So you can look and say, well, you know what? If the Lakers match up with the Mavs in the playoffs, I think the Lakers can win that series if they have AD. Yeah, that's fair. But they're not getting there if they don't get these wins right now. And this was a very winnable game that was right there for them. And once again, they didn't come away with it. Like, there's six of these at least on the schedule, uh, on the Lakers record here. Swing that the other way. I mean, my goodness. The Lakers could be, what, 25 and 17 right now? If you took those six games and they just closed them out the way that they should have. Now, again, maybe you don't get all of those games, but that's the point. They could be easily a playoff team in the West if they finish the games where they had opportunities to. Uh, Dimes, crazy how people compare a 38-year-old LeBron to 20-year-olds in their primes. Their IQ is so low, they don't realize they're crediting him. Yeah, I mean, look, LeBron can be polarizing. He's got haters. Um, so those people are going to come out in full force on a night like tonight. When he's not good, people are going to try to take victory laps. It's one of the things I kind of dislike about like hot take culture and stuff is that everybody's just waiting for their moment to run around and scream, I was right, I was right. See, this guy's really good or this guy's really bad or, or whatever. But it's not, It's just, you're just riding the roller coaster, right? You're not really truly either appreciating or analyzing or whatever the player for who they are. You're just a captive of the moment and that particular game. Look, look at it this way. If LeBron is instead of over from behind the three point line, if LeBron's hitting three of seven and the Lakers win this game, that changes a lot of the narrative, doesn't it? And so you're talking about, three shots that he missed, whereas the next time you might make them. Now you can still say, well, LeBron didn't look all that great. It looked lethargic or whatever. But yeah, but if the outcome of the game changes, the narrative would shift quite a bit. And that's what we're basing these set in stone opinions on, right? These absolutes that people are throwing out there. Oh, this player is washed. This player is the goat. This player is great. This player is whatever based on one performance. And we're seeing pe people take victory laps on that. I see it all the time. People running around. Oh, where are all the people who said that, that LeBron was washed or the other way? Who are the people? Where are all the people now saying that LeBron's the goat? Everybody's just so eager to take these victory laps in the moment. I don't know. It's some of it's for fun and, and all that kind of stuff and for effect, but it's, it's also you ride that roller coaster night in and night out because the fact of the matter is, Sometimes you can have a bad shooting night. You can have a bad performance. You can have good performances, right? That's the NBA. That's basketball. That's the way it goes. That's sports in general. That's why you actually play the game 
and don't just put all the stats down on a piece of paper and see who's got the most and the best. And then that's what you roll with because there are those, that's that variance night to night and those fluctuations. So I get that you see people comparing LeBron to 20 year olds and, and all that kind of stuff. And you're right. If he is being compared to 20 year olds and they're saying, Oh, you know, he doesn't have it or whatever. Yeah. He's 38 years old and he's still in that conversation that in and of itself is absolutely incredible. Um, so you're right in that, but LeBron being the guy that he is and being one of the all-time greats, he's going to create a loud reaction in either direction, right? Positive or negative, whatever he's doing, particularly if it's something to the extreme. If he has a great game, if he has a terrible game, you're going to hear it, right? Because he's got a lot of people uh, on both sides. Dread, bro got doubled whole game, couldn't get going. That was, you know... The Mavs defense certainly uh, deserves some credit for what they did with LeBron as well. Jason, is Luka the new face of the league? I don't know. I don't know if I I worry too much about who's the face of the league now or anything like that. I don't get too much into those, those debates. I think there's a number of young players that at some point, like LeBron has been the face of the league for a long time now. At some point when he rides off into the sunset, it's going to be somebody else. And you can argue at some point that while he's playing, the transition will take place. Um, Luka is certainly up there. You've got Giannis, you've got Jokic, you've got, I mean, there's so many tremendous players in the NBA right now. Jason Tatum, at him into the mix. He's maybe the favorite to win the MVP. You've got a lot of great young players in this league right now. And that's exciting. That's exciting for the future of the NBA, for the future of the sport. I'm not going to worry about who the face is or, or whatever, because that's going to happen organically. That's going to just come about. That will be a thing. All right. Somebody's saying, did anyone listen to Darvin Ham's post-game interview? I, I did not. Obviously, I've been doing this show. Uh, he said the self-inflicted wounds cost the Lakers the game. He's not wrong. Not wrong on that. Again, you don't shoot 63% from the free throw line and you win this game. You don't shoot whatever 20 something percent from three and you win this game. There were a lot of self-inflicted wounds. He's not wrong. But again, I go back to the blown calls in the biggest moments of the game as my main issue. And that's why I gave that the master lock. All right, everybody. I appreciate you guys for joining me. Rough night, no doubt. Maybe a stiff drink is needed after this one, but the Lakers will see another day. We'll play again, and hopefully they can get back in the win column. Again, thank you guys for joining. Make sure you do subscribe to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel, ring that notification bell, and go check out the Lakers Nation podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. Thanks, everybody. Till next time, stay safe and see you. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.